Welcome to the Success Over Struggle podcast. I'm Tisha Marie Pelletier, your host, where we interview entrepreneurs, organizational leaders, and nonprofit leaders to learn how they achieved their success over struggle. Now on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. You are tuning into the Success Over Struggle podcast, and today we are in for a treat. We actually have a couple of guests in the studio with us. We've got Anthony Garone. He is with Info Armor. He's also a, a published author and has now written two books. Awesome. As a result of COVID, Anthony? Uh, well, Maybe indirectly, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Too much time, too much time on our hands. Thanks for having me. Yes, and sitting next to Anthony, we have his 11-year-old son, Elliot, who has played a big role in Anthony's book. And then sitting next to me, we've got Miss Ellie. This is my eight-year-old daughter. And because we are just coming off of Mother's Day in May and heading into Father's Day, Anthony and I were like, this would be fun. This is going to be a fun one to be able to bring the kids in because we're very similar. In fact, shout out to Sharon Bondurant with Tech Finders who introduced us um, several months ago and said, oh my gosh, you two have to meet each other. (laughs) Yeah. when, uh, When I looked at your LinkedIn profile... It was the first person I'd seen who had as many concurrent jobs as I do. (laughs) And my friends always made fun of me. So uh, I was like, finally, a kindred spirit, you know? (laughs) You know, so I let's talk about that for a little bit, because I am one of those people that I I love a good challenge. Uh I cannot stay stagnant. I cannot just sit in one place. So I love being able to take on new experiences and decide for myself if I like it, I don't like it, I don't need to do this, I still want to do this. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I, I just... I can't just do one thing. I'm too interested in the world, you know, and curiosity is a good thing, uh, but it has its limits (laughs) and I often test them. (laughs) But, you know, my kids are the same way too. And uh, I think kids often are. um, Like Elliot likes to draw. He's really good at video games. He's really good at, at athletics. He's a good student. He's got a lot of different talents, plays the piano, plays wow. violin. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I am mega impressed, Elliot. <laughs> which, so which out of all of those things, which is the one that you were like, I love this. I can't live without this. Um, before the pandemic, I played basketball. Oh. Yeah. He was really getting into basketball at the Y. Oh, nice. Nice. Do you miss it? You want to get back to it? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I love that. You So... It, it makes me, it made me smile when I asked Anthony about, bring your son. Now, what's your son's name? And he's like, Elliot. I'm like, you are joking me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I have an Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> Ellie. So Ellie, a lot has happened, especially with the pandemic and such. What is something that you, you love to do too? You you guys are even really similar. Like tell, tell us a little bit about your interests. Well, I like to play the ukulele. Ooh. Uh-huh. Cool. I like to draw too. I just like to do gymnastics all over the house. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot was like that for quite some time too. Break dancing and 
using our furniture as trampolines. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my, I, I always say if I had a dollar for every time I was like, Ellie, stop using it as a trampoline. Like you're breaking the sofa. <laughs> Cause she's yep. constantly doing backflips and forward flips and yep. walking on her hands and feet, like contortionist style, you know? And it's like, oh my goodness. But back to the LinkedIn thing, I think that's humanity, you mm -hmm. know? Humans are not one dimensional, but uh, I think we allow things like LinkedIn or our careers to reduce the dimensionality of our personalities. Mm -hmm. And I would rather say I have five or six jobs at the same time because I take them all seriously. Yeah. And um, I think we're all kind of like that, you know, you, we only hand in a resume to get a job. But right. It's not a reflection of who we are. It's, it's like a you're trying to sell this part of yourself right. for a salary and them. That's just not so interesting to me. I don't want to come across as uh, pigeonholed in any way as, as a tech person or a music person or whatever. I, I want to reflect my humanity. Yeah, I love that. Reflect your humanity. That's great. And Elliot helped out. Uh, one of the reasons we're, he's here is because he recorded the uh, audio book with me and mm -hmm. we wanted to talk about that. And he did over 400 takes of about a hundred quotes in my book. Elliot, you want to share anything about that experience? Um, well, we used up a lot of water. And <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> you used up a lot of water. Yeah. Just because of your voice getting raspy and always recording. Oh, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. All these struggles we find ourselves in, right? But That's the right. cool thing is, is now you have this book on Audible. You've got your book out. Your dad's coming with, out with another book. So awesome. Very good. Good. All right. Well, let's dive into this podcast. So great having you, Elliot, and you, Ellie, in the studio with us today, because I feel that um, our kids are a big part of our life. We're grooming them. We are wa walking and talking and leading by example. Mm -hmm. And I'm always curious to find out what the kids take is. So we'll get into that in a little in a little bit here. So keep thinking about that, kids. No putting you on the spot or anything. But I would love to hear your perspectives on, you know, watching mom and dad and. <laughs> what you're learning in the process or if you're just like these people are straight up nuts yep, yep. <laughs> all right so anthony yeah. let's let's dive into this you know um i love sharing success over struggle because it's so much more about the journey that one takes mm -hmm. to find their success and we already know success is not an overnight thing by any means and we always find ourselves in the struggle and every struggle is different but if we're talking openly about what those struggles are I am really about what is that struggle that can then help the next person? What's mm -hmm. the story that you have that can help someone that is in your shoes now or years from now to overcome that? Right. So is there something that you would like to share that, um, that, you know, speaks to you when you hear about success over struggle and what that means? Yeah. Um, I think about how we try to subdue that very real part of ourselves. Uh, we don't want to project any struggle. And in a sense, when you're really good at what you do, you don't struggle with that. You struggle with all the other things that stop you from doing what you're really good at. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still very real. I, I think it's impossible to only do the one thing that you truly, you know, love or the, your true gift. 
because you live in a world and, and the world has multiple demands of you. It can be, um, you know, a social media presence or you have to build your personal brand or you have to answer these emails or you have to be on this call to get clients or whatever it is. You might be really good at the thing that people pay you to do, but you're not able to do that <laughs> unless you do all the other stuff. Right. And so um, I think in reality, um, success comes with struggle. And I write about that in Clueless at the Work. Uh, this musician, Marcus Reuter, out of Germany, he was saying, can you imagine learning without making a mistake? Mm. It's not possible. Like, it's not learning if you don't make a mistake. And you have to, you have to stumble in order to grow and your body's like that too like anti-fragility if you are working out you need to stress your bones and your muscles or else you're not going to get strength and um so i think success is the destination that we seek mm -hmm. uh, but there has to be a journey to get us there and that journey is never easy if it's easy then you're not challenging yourself enough and that's what the state of flow is all about, where your challenges are just beyond your reach and you grow into, into the challenges, but you're able to correct your mistakes as you go. You know, you cope with life uh, as it happens around you. So I just think um, we need to be emotionally, spiritually, and intellectually honest with ourselves and the world rather than say, well, I'm just a success. There's no struggle here, <laughs> you know. And that I would be like, you are lying. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. There's struggle every day. But uh, I think it's about perspective. Like you can struggle and enjoy it because you know that it, it reaps rewards. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think, I think in this age where everyone thinks they know what the data from the pandemic means, where everyone knows exactly what happened on that, you know, viral video where someone's doing something terrible to another person. Um, we just, we pretend to know exactly all the answers and it fits our worldview. And there aren't that many people demonstrating intellectual humility or curiosity. It's more like, no, the data says this. <laughs> and then the other person's like, no, the data says this. And it probably says both. Mm -hmm. It's like that joke. Uh, the CEO says to the accountant, how do the numbers look? And the accountant says, well, how do you want them to look? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess for me, it's more about being real, being honest, authentic. You mm -hmm. and I have talked about authenticity and uh, how important that is because the world doesn't, the world doesn't uh, grow through lying and putting up some sort of false image of yourself. The world grows through growth, mm -hmm. <laughs> which requires mistakes, honesty, and those kinds of things. I struggled a lot with that too. And you've said that, you know, one of your struggles was just in this imposter syndrome, significant self-doubt, right. even some, some depression. And yeah. I think that a lot of us have been in that, those same shoes. And I know for me, the turning point was saying, what the hell? Like, I'm going to do this anyway. Mm. Like, I, I, I am so tired of trying to hide behind the perfection that people think I am. And I just want to break free from that whole thinking and just come out and say, this is me. 
like it or leave it. I don't care. I'm going to do this. Right. And that so liberating. Absolutely. And I think for my kids, I never tell them they get good grades or bad grades. Like the grades they get are great because it's a demonstration of their effort. And I've never had to ask them to work harder. They like, it's more important to instill hard work Mm -hmm. than good grades, you know, (laughs) like work well, work hard, do the things that you care about, do them as well as you can and you'll get results. And and so I don't want to criticize the results. And I think a lot of that comes from um, that struggle with the imposter syndrome where uh, in my last job, I was on the leadership team uh, of the company and the one of the owners said, look, if you're going to if you're going to run this company, then you're not going to get up in front of everyone and make fun of yourself. You're not going to be so self-deprecating. You're not going to, um, you know, put down your efforts and that kind of thing. And uh, I found that I can't I wish I could remember who said it, but somebody had said something like um, sarcasm and self-deprecation are the cheapest forms of humor and they get the easiest laughs Mm -hmm. and you should avoid them at all costs. And so it had, uh, it started making me think like, oh yeah, I'm just taking the easy way through Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, uh, or I actually the wife of a coworker, um, at that job gave me a book on something called acceptance commitment therapy, Mm -hmm. which is a huge topic in and of itself. But ultimately what it means is you look at your values and you look at your the things that bring you anxiety and you decide, do I value my values more than the anxiety? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then you act. So acceptance, com- commitment therapy, ACT, act. So the idea is you, you accept that you will be anxious, mm-hmm. that you will be uncomfortable, but you value the, the result far more than that. And so you take the action anyway. And it was through probably a year and a half of solid practice, uh, through that book that I was able to start seeing myself differently and not as an imposter anymore, more as it's okay to be good at something. If you've been doing it for 15 years, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're not good at doing what you do for 15 or 20 years in your career, uh, you're either lying to yourself or you're in the wrong job. Right, you know? <laughs> right. So all, all of this stuff kind of came together uh, to help me through that. Mm-hmm. And I try to instill it into in my kids as well. Like, I love you for who you are, not for what you do. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Elliot, we talk about this all the time. We're supposed to treat each other with... Respect. Right. Respect. Why? Um... <laughs> No putting you on the spot or anything here, <laughs> Elliot. Why do we p- treat each other with respect? Um, well, if we didn't, we wouldn't like each other. Uh-huh. And because it's um, good manners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's important that we value each other mm-hmm. as a family and that we value our values more than the things we dislike about each other. And, um, you know, all of this stuff has just, it's very different from the way that I grew up. Mm-hmm. And so I think about my kids in the 10, 15 years in their careers, and I don't want them thinking, am I not good at this? Oh my goodness, I'm such a fake. 
if I'm, if anyone knew what I was actually doing, they'd think I'm, they'd realize how stupid I am. You know, like I want my kids to just say, I'm working really hard at this, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I really want to do well. Uh, and the results are less important than, than what I'm trying to get done. I really like that you said that too, because I mean, you're right. It's, we're so fixated on what are your grades? What did you do? Like, what's that result? But right. if you're learning through that process and you're like Ellie, like this whole ukulele thing, she wanted to level her game because there was another girl that sang the same song as her in the talent show. Mm-hmm. And that was absolutely crushing last year. <laughs> She's like, what? Right. I mean, and I, and, and so I love that she came out of this saying, I want to do something different. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sing and I'm going to play the ukulele. That's and, cool. and she, you know, we got her into lessons because she wanted to try to try doing that. Right. Right. Yeah. It's important, um, to, to show the kids or give them the opportunity to show themselves what they're able to do. And, uh, I mean, you've, Elliot, you've done that with violin, with piano, with basketball. And, um, he's always, he's always growing, you know, Mm -hmm. he's always doing better. He doesn't get worse. Uh, but then if he, if he gets upset, then we have a conversation like, hey, it's okay. This is hard. If it was easy, then. I would be really good at it. <laughs> and everyone would be everyone doing would it, be right? Doing it. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lot of those conversations. You know, it's hard. I think these kids are so smart. And I remember um, just a couple years ago, Ellie's first grade class had me come in and teach a class on entrepreneurship. And oh my gosh, I was blown away at how much these kids knew about starting a business and advertising on Google and Yelp and (laughs) Facebook. I'm like, what on earth? Craziness. Like I give you guys credit for knowing so much at such a young age and really being a sponge and always being lifelong learners. And that's, that's what I always want to instill is keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. And Ellie said this to me the other day, I had just uh, wrapped up a virtual graduation speech. And she's, what did you say, Ellie? Do you remember? Even though that you're not like a famous YouTuber or anything, I still encourage you to keep doing it. <laughs> it it's that's funny. great. I know, what, I know what you mean, but the sponge is actually the dumbest animal <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> okay, Elliot, okay. Well, he knows that because he's always reading. <laughs> Good for you. Never stop reading. Never stop reading. <laughs> it's metaphorical. Yes. <laughs> the sponge. Okay, so don't be a sponge. What do you want to be, Elliot? <laughs> yeah, what's the right animal? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I like snow leopards. <laughs> snow leopards. Okay, right. so be a snow leopard yeah. that never stops learning. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I want to I want to actually turn it over to the kids for a little bit as we're, you know, kind of winding down from the podcast, but Elliot, let let's start with you. So, you've, you know, you've known your dad for 11 years. <laughs> And you've seen a lot of his experiences and his struggles and his triumphs and so forth. Is there something that you're taking away from this experience? Like what is something that you've learned just by being a witness to your dad's life, his journey? That, uh, I guess, work can take a long time. Um, And... um, that if something's worth doing, you should do it right. Ooh, 
That's deep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Lots of stuff, I guess. <laughs> A lot of lessons in there. I really like what you said. If something is worth doing, do it right and keep learning. Like it's, it's, it's exactly what you said to Anthony of when you start learning, it's not, <laughs> you didn't make any mistakes mm-hmm. when you're learning. There were lots of mistakes made in the process, but you keep getting better and better and better with what? With practice. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Ellie? So you've known me your whole eight years on this planet. What have you learned just by observing? I've learned that you should speak up yourself and um be brave be brave yeah what about laugh at yourself you see mommy laughing at herself a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a very difficult thing to do so your mom your mom has worked very hard i'm sure to laugh at herself which is good It it brings me back to even what you were saying about sarcasm and humor. And I've met a lot of leaders who still want to be up on the pedestal that everything is perfect. And Mm -hmm. I, I will go out and say that wholeheartedly. I struggled with that so much because I thought that if I'm going to lead you, then I better have everything together. Mm -hmm. That was this whole mindset thing of, oh my gosh, like if you're watching me and you want me to be the role model, then I better have it figured out. And I struggled so much with the whole imposter syndrome because I knew once I left that meeting that I led or once I got off the stage of what I was doing and I went home, it was like, oh my gosh, like my life's in crazy shambles. Right, right. But yet I have to pretend that everything is perfect because as a leader, are you seen as weak if you let your guard down and tell people that, yeah, you know what? I'm psh, nope. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that's raised a lot of questions for me in my career and the, the size of the company that I want to work for. I, I'm pretty sure I have a glass ceiling on myself uh, because I am too open or too honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a large corporation, you know, that's not really valued. And it's more about how can you turn this negative thing into something that sounds good or mm-hmm. doesn't sound as bad as it is. Um, I would rather work for a smaller company that can be honest where the leaders don't have to be perfect. And, you know, like where it, there's nothing awkward about hanging out with your coworkers and their kids, you know, getting together for a barbecue over the weekend. Like I can't ask the CEO of Allstate, Hey, you want to come over for a barbecue? You know, (laughs) it's just not going to happen. The guy's, he's a, maybe a billionaire. I don't know. Um, super busy, Mm -hmm. but at a company of 75, hundred people, I can say to the CEO and to the, you know, lowest ranking person in the company, whatever you, however you want to say that, uh, Hey, come on over for some drinks Mm -hmm. and that's cool. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Um, so yeah, I think it just goes to show, I think you're right. I think there are people who do want that perfect leader and they, they do find value in that. But that is not the kind of person I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's neither good nor bad because everyone's got different needs. But the people that I resonate with most are people like you who are honest, who are authentic, who laugh at themselves and who say, I'm a work in progress, you know, <laughs> and that's OK. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the people who who take themselves so seriously, um, 
I think just very few people, very few are um, worthy of such <laughs> such a personality, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the I've met some of those people. I've had dinner with Jeff Bezos. I've had dinner with the other co-founders of huge oh. companies. Like, oh wow! It is not um, these are not the personality types that I align with. Yeah. I'm not saying he's good or bad. I'm just saying that's not where I want to be. Right. Oh, okay. For another time, you'll have yeah. to fill me in on that little dinner. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I've had a lot of very strange meals with people <laughs> in my life. I think that comes down to as well, and this great lesson for the kids is not everybody is going to like you. Not everyone is going to love you, you know, and, and it is absolutely okay. And just as your your dad is alluding to, Elliot, it's about finding the people that have those same values as you that you are so like-minded. I mean, again, kudos to Sharon for figuring that out. Just, she hadn't even met you just one time. I had just barely met her and she's like, I just met your twin. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh, you're right. He's like my male twin. My gosh, like we are so alike. We value spirituality, our families. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we, we also align in the way we view success. And I think that's a struggle that a lot of people have too is, is what does success mean to you? And it means so many different things to people. And when we talk about like comparison traps and imposter syndromes and so forth, we see all of these people that they deem success as like having all the riches and having, you know, the fancy car and making all these boo bucks. And I'm like, you know what, if I'm making that, I'm donating it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that means a lot to me. People yeah. mean a lot to me. Yep. I, I run a music website called Make Weird Music, and we've hosted concerts in our home uh-huh. uh, and at local venues. And it's funny because my kids, they have no idea who some of these artists are. And then when those artists come and perform, they're like, wow, you know, wow, Michael Manring, he played in our, our dining room. But then I'm like, well, that's cool for people who know about Michael Manring but most people don't. So <laughs> I've, I've, it's been an interesting thing to see our kids, you know, perceive celebrity versus um, capability. You know, like I, I, I have these genius musicians from around the world that I'll interview or I'll fly out for a show or whatever I, you know, I can do for a musical collaboration. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a huge deal, but to my kids, they're, they're just people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and in my mind, I grew up kind of glorifying these musicians. And then they're like, oh, yeah, Michael Manring or Steve Vai or whatever it is. These are just like, you know, Sally, our friend's mom or yeah. your boss or it, just normal people. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that's been another interesting way, like hopefully through my under or I guess overcoming of the imposter syndrome stuff. The playing field has been leveled mm-hmm. for a lot of uh, a lot of the people I used to really glorify, and I hope that my kids see that sort of you know baseline equality across all people. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that you said that too, um, because you're right. Like if if you look at, I'm just gonna throw because it's just the name on my top of my head, but like Beyonce, mm-hmm. like Beyonce is a real person, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. Like it's not about idolizing people. But if you saw her, it'd just be like, hey, Beyonce. Right. (laughs) 
right? So understanding that humans are humans, like people mm-hmm. are people and you get to know people. Like I, I stress that to the kids all the time of, you know, people are people. And especially now people want that, just that smile, that hello. And, right. and I'm always big into teaching the kids, like saying hello is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know, saying hello. And Ellie and Caleb, my son, they're always asking me like, do you know that person? Nope. <laughs> nope. Right. Just met that person two right. seconds ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more human. And I'd rather bring, I'd rather, I guess, rise. Uh, what do they say? Rise all the boats or make all the boats rise or something by treating people like they're my neighbors in my neighborhood. And, yeah. Uh, I love what the author Nassim Taleb says in my home. I'm a socialist or a communist in my neighborhood. I'm a socialist. You know, in my county, I'm a libertarian. In my state, I'm conservative. And in my country, I'm ultra conservative, basically. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's better to treat people who are local with you, you know, like that because you create that sense of community. Right. And without it, then what are we? What do we have? Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Um, anything else you'd like to add, Anthony? I know what, so do you have a title for your next book? Yeah, the next book is a guitar book. Oh, So the fun. first book was a business book, but this one is about guitar and music. And uh, I went off the deep end on a very esoteric um, song. It's it's called, the, the book is called Failure to Fracture. Oh, learning, okay. Learning King Crimson's Impossible Song. And for 22 years, I've been trying to play a song called Fracture. Uh and it's just so strange. I mean, it's like an impossible guitar piece. Um, but I'm pretty much at a point where I'm like, I never thought I would be. Mm-hmm. And I can play it well enough. But it literally took two decades of personal transformation to get there. <laughs> yeah, so that's now what the Now I'm about. like, I want you to play the song. I want you to break out your guitar it and is, start playing. It is not a pleasant song to listen to. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Fracture? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Elliot's like, oh my gosh, yeah. do not ask him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thank you so much for having us. That's really nice of you to have invited us and really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for everyone, you know, who gives us a listen. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And Elliot, thank you for being in the studio. Was this was this painful? this was good good experience yeah yes all right good how about you ellie it was good it was good you guys learned something yeah listening to your mom and pop here (laughs) (laughs) any big takeaways you want to share with the crowd before we end um no (laughs) elliot anything you'd like to add oh no no that can't be true you know what's gonna happen oh yeah (laughs) snow leopard that's your spirit animal i think anthony and correct me if like this is this is my observation of what's going to happen we're going to get into the car and the kids are just going to be like oh my gosh i have this to say Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's just Mm -hmm. say i should have said this on that podcast or tomorrow he's going to go when you were talking about this what did you mean or you know we'll have a conversation it'll be good Uh, yeah well i don't understand of what you guys were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we like that. Honesty. Yeah. Honesty. We'll fill you in. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, from the Forum Studio in Chandler, thank you so much for tuning into the Success Over Struggle podcast. And thank you, Anthony, Elliot, and Ellie for being in the studio with me. 
we have a whole website dedicated to success over struggle and you can find it at successoverstruggle.com. So you can catch up with all of the episodes, subscribe, also get your nice little SOS decal mailed right to you as my special gift for listening and sharing this podcast out. If you have any questions, you can always reach me at tishamarie.com. But thanks so much, guys. I appreciate all of you and happy early Father's Day. Thank you. Thank you. And happy belated Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, happy summer, everybody. And we'll catch you back next time on the Success Over Struggle podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Success Over Struggle podcast. We hope we've inspired you to overcome your struggles and find your own success. We look forward to having you join us on the next episode. 